Here's a quote from uh, uh, the most recent article published by our next guest. Quote, as a general rule of common sense and decency, if you're going to spend more than $120 billion of other people's money, you best be sure it's a good idea. Unfortunately, the Trudeau government seems unaware of this rule. In fact, far from expressing contrition for wastefully spending so much of other people's money, it's unaccountably boastful of it. The title of the article is Trudeau's Climate Spending Tab Excludes Costs You'll Pay. The author, Matthew Lau, from the Fraser Institute, back with us here on CKNW Weekend Mornings. Matthew, good morning and welcome back. Good morning. It's good to be back. Well, it's good to have you with us. Uh, Let's talk about the wasteful nature of the $120 billion, because you go on in your article to say we know it's wasteful because the government has said repeatedly government spending is a relatively inefficient way to achieve its emission reduction goals. So they said up front it is wasteful, but here we go and we're going to spend it anyway. Right. I mean, every time that the government wants to sell the public on the benefits of its carbon tax, it goes and says something like economists generally recognize that a tax is the most efficient way to reduce emissions, which is um, which is actually true. Most economists do say that, although not the tax of the kind the government has put in. Um, The tax you want is one that is revenue neutral, so you need to offset it um, with other tax cuts. Um, preferably to income or uh, personal income or to corporate income taxes. And the, the, the logic of the tax is that it needs to replace all of these spending and regulation programs, not be on top of it. Mm-hmm. So when they, when they come out and say, you know, the tax is the best way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, that raises the obvious question, then why are you spending $120 billion over the past seven or eight years? You also go on to talk about, uh, it, 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 because the whole piece of the article, the title of the article is Trudeau's Climate Spending Tab Excludes Costs You Will Pay. So let's move on to another better example in terms of individuals and absorbing the cost of Uh, what you refer to as unwise climate policies. And you zoom in, Matthew, on the ban on single-use plastic products, which again is cited as a way to reduce waste. However, there's a cost involved. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, the the reason people use plastic products is because they're, in in most cases, better and cheaper than the alternatives. So, for example... Um, this is about a year ago. I remember uh, I went to the Dollarama to compare prices between plastic straws and paper straws. Okay. And the paper straws, which I would say are of much worse quality, are about four to five times the price of the plastic. And there have been studies done on this as well. Um, you know, there was a U.S. study um, on banning plastic foam food containers, and it found that the next best alternative is about 94% more expensive and of worse quality as well. So, you know, uh, when, when the government tries to control the behavior of consumers and businesses, there is a cost to both the consumer and the business. It doesn't show up on, on, you know, in the government's under the spending line in the government budget. Right. But it's a real cost and we all have to pay it. 
let's uh, cite a couple of other examples for us. And gasoline, of course, is always popular. And here in Metro Vancouver, as you well know, Matthew, we pay ridiculously high prices uh, on gasoline. It's up around a buck eighty-one this morning. And uh, in inside the city of, of Vancouver's transit zone, where the levy, the transit lens levy, is also part of the tax, you're paying about seventy-five to eighty-five cents a liter in tax alone. Right, exactly. Right, we've got so a carbon tax the federal government is putting in. It's got um, a, a clean fuel standards, which is um, basically acts as another tax on top of that. And then on top of that, they're putting in the new mandate um, by 2026. One fifth of all passenger cars and trucks have to be electric. Right. And by 2035, they want it to be 100 percent. So, you know, the government claims that this is about making available the types of cars that we all want to drive, which I think is uh, pretty ridiculous. If you look at the latest numbers, and this would be from 2021, uh, but only about 5% of cars sold in Canada are, are fully electric or those plug-in hybrids. Right. Um, and, and, the, and it would be even lower than that if it weren't for these thousands of dollars in subsidies that people can, can get for buying an electric car. So if you don't have, if you're not subsidizing 5% of the population to buy a product, how then can you reasonably expect uh, 66% of the population or even 100% of the population to come around to your point of view in less than 10 years? Well, that's exactly the point. And and if you see um, other countries and other jurisdictions like the U.K., or Germany, when when the cost of electricity goes up and when the subsidies are taken away, the demand for these electric vehicles just drops off. Um, I, I would point out too that um, you know studies have been done on the um, the environmental benefits of of subsidizing electric vehicles and versus the cost of taxpayers, and and it depends on the particular study you look at, but the cost are generally about five or six times or more the environmental benefits achieved. So uh, as far, though, as consumers are concerned, uh, this particular government is quite obsessed with the, the, the whole matter of climate change and saving the planet and uh, are prepared to spend uh, endless amounts of money in the, the name of doing so. Uh, there's an election due in at least a year's time, next spring at the very latest, Matthew. Um, the, the, the deficits uh, between now and then not expected to go down. If anything, they're going to increase. Is this spending, this pattern of spending, huge amounts to accomplish very, very little, going to be a major issue in the election? Do you think that uh, the opposition will turn it against the government? Well, I think, um, uh, you know, the pocketbook issues are always top of mind. Um, If you can't, you know, afford groceries, and we all see the high prices for those, we all see the high prices for gas, and when life becomes unaffordable, and you have a lot of government spending driving inflation, um, you know, I think a lot of people are rightly very angry about the government wasting a lot of money. Now, the other thing I would point out is every time the government spends all these many billions of dollars, they're, you know, trying to frame it as they're saving the world from impending climate disaster. Now, if they were actually saving the world, there might be a case for spending all this money. But if you look at the real facts about climate change, first of all, Canada is a drop in the bucket of a global problem. 
And secondly, um, the mainstream climate research does not suggest we are all going to, you know, fry in the next hundred years from as a result of global warming. Two to three degrees of warming has some costs. Um, but, you know, you, the world is not going to end because of it, right? Right. Matthew, I must leave it there. I'm, I'm grateful for your article and for your joining us to talk about it this morning. It's in the Sun newspapers, friends. Trudeau's climate spending tab, exclude costs you will pay. The author is Matthew Lau.